Most people underestimate the power of process. They stick it in the back seat and forget about it until it's too late, but they shouldn't. Processes run the world, literally all of it. Stocked supermarkets, on-time trains, and safely landing planes are all made possible by systems of intricate interlinked processes. They are the secret sauce of every great company, and HR teams are responsible for some of the most important processes of all. Onboarding employees, building teams, crafting culture, these vital systems are the lifeblood of every organization. That's why this episode is brought to you by Process Street, the process platform of choice for HR teams around the world. Process Street is a no-code platform that lets you transform your most important HR processes into powerful workflows. Design beautiful employee onboarding experiences with extreme engagement that increase inclusion and reduce turnover. Sync tasks into Slack or Microsoft Teams, automate emails, handoffs, and so much more. Thousands of teams, large and small, trust Process Street to manage their most important people processes. Like Salesforce that used Process Street to onboard all the 3,000 Slack employees after the $27 billion acquisition. You can learn more and sign up for a free account at www.process.st. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. I am sharing your HR spooky, scary, nightmare, horror stories on this week's episode in honor of Halloween, which is in less than a week from now. So if you recall on my Instagram, and I've shared this in the last couple of episodes too, I asked you all to submit your HR nightmare stories, and I received many. Um, Honestly, I think my initial reaction is like, why are some of these people in HR? Why are some of these people even managing people or working with people? Um, Because some of them are really scary. So to begin, anyone that shared that they wanted to be anonymous will be kept anonymous. Anyone that shared their name, I might share it. Um, Some people shared their little Instagram handle, so maybe I'll just reach out to them directly. Everyone has an HR horror story. We all do. Um, And when I think about my own HR horror stories, HR nightmare stories, it is often with, so I think of it in two ways. One, like previous HR people that I worked with who are total HR nightmares. And then the other hand, people who were just HR nightmares, nightmares to deal with, nightmares to manage. And so we could see it from both sides. And actually, I think that there are some submissions that kind of teeter on both ends of that spectrum. So Let's get right into it. And you're going to hear my raw reaction because while I did read these in real time, I also like didn't read all of it because I kind of wanted to have a little bit of like a shock value. So here we go into our scary stories. This is from Anonymous. The director of HR scheduled a recruiting meeting with me and a new recruiter to let us know not to hire pregnant people. Oh my God. I didn't read this one or people going to physical therapy as they were not reliable at all. I just can't. 
As well, the owner of the company stated in a meeting not to recruit, oh my God, this is really terrible. Okay. As well, the owner of the company stated in a meeting not to recruit transgendered people as it was a small company and we weren't able to establish a protocol for them. We have a transgendered woman at the time, or we had a transgendered woman at the time, and people were complaining because she was using the ladies' restrooms. What a way to start. Where do I begin? I'm not going to edit out my raw reaction because I'm sure that many of you are going to have, hopefully all of you are going to have that same reaction. First of all, let's start at the top. This is illegal. Period. Or as Chanel Ion from the Real Houses of Dubai would say, period dot. Okay. So anyway, this is just not only is it illegal, which is the first issue. If that's not enough for you, the second issue is that this is terrible. There is no, there is nothing to laugh at here. Um, first of all, I should say I'm really sorry that someone put you in this position. Um, at no point should anyone feel comfortable or like they would be accepted in saying that you can't hire someone from a protected class, pregnant people, people with disabilities, uh, transgendered individuals, anyone. I mean, that is, these are all, we're talking about protected classes here. And whatever your feelings are toward this situation, you cannot do something illegal. You can't. And it's just not right. We're talking about human beings. Oh, my God. Let's start with the, the director of HR having the gall, the gall to schedule a recruiting meeting with you and someone new. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm certainly not excusing this in any way. You know, you say it to someone that maybe you have a good relationship with, you think that it's like, quote unquote, safe space to act a fool. That it's like still terrible, still illegal, still wrong, still shouldn't be happening. But maybe I could understand why they would have the the uh, the gall to broach this topic with someone that maybe, you know, if you're writing in and you've worked with this person for a while, maybe they feel again comfortable running amok and doing the wrong thing in front of you but in front of someone new like you don't know what that new person is feeling in that moment it actually I wish that I could send a message to this person and ask some follow-up questions feel free to email me or message me I can still keep you anonymous but one did you say anything in that moment did did the, the new recruiter say anything in that moment? Did you report it? Did you say, screw you, I'm not following your direction <laughs> because I would. Um, oh, you know, this is what I think about when I read something like this. I think about how much this is happening with people who are pregnant, people who are uh, physically, mentally, emotionally disabled and maybe seeking support, therapy, help, whatever for it. I think about the transgendered folks who are being discriminated against as well. I mean, think about, I got this submission, right? I got this submission. But how much more is this happening? How often is this happening? Probably too often. Um, what's interesting about you know, this comment too about not hiring uh, 
pregnant people or people going to physical therapy because they're not reliable. There is no justification for that mindset. And there's no justification for saying you can't recruit transgendered folks because it's a small company and you can't establish a protocol. If you, 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 if you're listening to this and you're not watching, I'm like darting my eyes left and right. What protocol? What pro what protocol? There's actually, there's an even, there's a more of an underlying issue here. These are not protocols to follow for folks in these categories. These are accommodations. And if you see this as a protocol instead of an accommodation, you've already failed. So I'm going to give this director of HR a negative 10 out of a scale of zero to a hundred. Uh, not that I was planning on rating any of these stories, but this is terrible. And I don't want to belabor this point, but it's illegal. I, it doesn't matter what your personal beliefs might be. And actually no one wants to hear them if you're acting like this, but you just, it doesn't, you know what? Let me back up. It doesn't, it, I'm not even going to make anyone feel like their beliefs don't matter because that's certainly not what I'm trying to do. But if you believe one thing is right or wrong, or people should live this way or another way, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you to do the lawful thing, to follow the law. doesn't matter what you think about the law. doesn't matter what your political beliefs are, what your social beliefs are, what your human rights beliefs are. doesn't matter. What matters is that there is a law protecting people who fall into protected classes. And I've talked about this on the podcast before that we all are uh, in some way, shape or form part of a protected class based on gender, based on race, based on sexuality, <clears throat> religion, uh, nationality, right? Like there, you, the list goes on and on. And so we all in some way can understand or can attribute ourselves to one of these protected classes. But these, the, these examples in this, in this HR horror story, which I, I'm scared, this is the scariest story I've heard. These, these are like the, usually the cookie cutter examples when you're training, when you have someone pregnant, what do you do? You accommodate them. When you have someone with a physical, mental, emotional disability, you accommodate them. You have to go through the interactive process, right? These are cookie cutter examples that companies and training organizations use and leaders use to explain what not to do. Like you just, I, I'm, I'm, I feel stuck because I'm assuming that this director of HR is inserting their own personal beliefs. And that assumption could be wrong. This person could be just totally misinformed about their obligations as a director of HR. But the vibe I'm getting from this person is that they just don't want to do it. And maybe they feel some kind of way about these particular groups of people. And so they've just decided it doesn't matter that it's illegal. I'm just not going to do it because you're a director of HR. You have climbed through your career, you've gotten here through however much experience, you know the difference between right and wrong. Period dot. Again, as Chanel Ion would say, if someone knows her, send her this podcast because I love her. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think 
Yeah, I would love to hear the and then what part of the story. So this happened and then what? Because this person should not be a director of HR. This person should not be making business decisions and they certainly should not be managing people. And I hope it goes without saying that despite this being illegal in, in not recruiting or, you know, saying that you're not going to recruit someone, it's also illegal in not accommodating them. I'm just realizing something. Not only was it the director of HR in this story, but it's also the owner of the company. It was the owner of the company that stated in a, in a meeting that transgender people shouldn't be recruited because it's a small company and they're not able to establish a protocol. Oh my God. In a way that's so much worse because you're talking about now the head of an organization doubling down on what is illegal and unfair, discriminatory Ooh. for your sake and for all of these other folks sake, I hope that, uh, there are changes at an organizational level and I hope that you find someone else somewhere else to work because you're just scratching the surface of what I'm sure are many illegal practices. This is terrible. This is terrible. I think about this owner saying we can't establish protocol, which again, back to my original point, this is an accommodation, not a protocol. These are human beings, not objects. And on top of that, people were complaining about a transgender woman using the ladies' bathroom. All the owner needs to do is create a couple more bathrooms that are individual bathrooms, and that's it. Actually, I prefer an individual bathroom. I don't want to go to the bathroom next to anyone else. In the United States, the bathroom stalls don't even go all the way down to the floor, and there are cracks, okay? So I would also prefer an individual bathroom, and I actually, I think probably... Everyone needs to have individual bathrooms. It makes it much easier to accommodate all people. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Huge negative, negative 10 all around. That's the score. This is crazy. Does it get worse from here? Let's see. On to the next story. And also, just before I go on to the next story, that person who submitted that anonymously, please tell me that you said something. I know that it's hard in a moment where there's someone with, power, leadership, higher position, potentially, because maybe you're a peer to this person. But I really hope you said something. We all have to feel comfortable expressing ourselves as hard as it might be. As hard as it might be, we have to do it. We have to do it. I have been there. I have been there with my own uh, personal experiences as a Jewish person in the workplace. I think I shared this a year or so ago, maybe two years ago at this point. But you have to lean into who you are and your beliefs and you have to be authentic with yourself. And I just really hope that you said, you know, even if it's like, again, even if you don't agree or disagree, whatever, you ha there has to be a respect for what is right and lawful. And if nothing else, you can lean on that. You don't even have to share your personal belief at all, whether you agree or disagree. All you have to say is this is illegal we will get into a lot of trouble. And if you want to double down and say, I think this is really wrong, on top of it being illegal, then you go for it. Be yourself. But I, I do really hope that you said something. And if you want to write to me, please feel free. All right. Story number two from E. 
Uh, hello, E. Thank you for writing in. Listening to an HR manager present on psychological safety to the rest of the HR team, everyone's looking around because we all knew we hid tasks and projects from her for fear of being reprimanded or the fun projects being taken away. Wow. Zero psychological safety in that team, but the way the HR manager spoke was that it was was as if it was the safest environment. In a team of 10 to 12, turnover was 10 in 11 months. Ugh. Why are people not self-aware? You know, this is, this makes me, uh, this makes me feel a little bit of a gossip, but like, I wish I could be in that room and just like see everybody looking around like, who is this lady talking to? Because we know that she is not practicing what she preaches. And I guess, you know, I wonder like, does this person, are they being managed by anyone? Because if I was managing someone who had, 10 people leave in 11 months. So that's more, that's a hundred percent turnover in less than a year. I would be like, what is going on here? And I would be having skip level conversations and trying to understand who the problem is. And we all know it's this HR manager, but also I come back to the, and then what? So, and then what did anyone like I guess I get it. There's like this fear of being reprimanded and the fun projects being taken away, but that's terrible. You're, you have to hide things. But also, not that I'm trying to find the bright side in a bad situation, but doesn't it kind of create a little bit of camaraderie? It's, it's almost like finding the light and like grabbing the light in a bad situation, in a dark situation. You've got a, an HR manager who's clueless and misguided and not so great at their job, presumably, talking about things that they have no business talking about, and 10 to 12 of you are like, wasn't she a little nuts? And then you go to a happy hour, and you drink over it, or you have a food, you know, a snack, you know, while gossiping about this stuff. Sometimes you just have to, you know, shoot the shit with your coworkers, and it really does establish a level of camaraderie that you don't necessarily get in a positive work environment. Um, not to say that that's what we should have, but there is, uh, you know, even in a positive work environment, you still have to shoot the shit with your coworkers and, and talk shit about your boss or whatever. But in this case, the HR manager is not self-aware and clearly there is an issue with their style of management. This person also added a second bullet here. When an employee went to HR to table an incident in which she was called a derogatory term, HR's answer, what do you want me to do? You know what? Is that the same HR manager? They should quit or be fired. Hot take, uh, people, you know, who come to you with a concern. This is not a hot take. It's me being sarcastic in case anyone's missing this. If someone's coming to you with a concern, don't ask them what they want you to do about it. They came to you for an answer. Hello? Not a question. You can, If you don't know the answer or it's not appropriate for you to support for whatever reason, you can just say, let's dig into this. Let me help. Let me try and find a way that I can support. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do anything directly, but let's find a solution. Don't be a problem adder, be a problem solver. That grinds my gears. Okay. That's a, that is a scary story because that really grinds my gears. Again, how often is this happening? If you are in HR, 
you are being paid to solve problems. People problems, payroll problems, benefits problems, organizational problems, DE&I problems, cultural problems, um, financial problems, conduct problems, whatever problem you want to think about, that's what you're being paid to solve for. Don't present to this person another problem. Just help fix it. I'm going to leave this recording really feeling really annoyed and irritated. Hey, everyone. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about the Employee Onboarding Podcast by Process Street. If you care about crafting a magical experience for new employees and you love podcasts, you won't want to miss this. Join the Process Street team as they have conversations with people, leaders, and technology creators exploring the world's most magical onboarding experiences. You will learn cutting-edge best practices, industry secrets, and technology to wow every new employee that walks through your door. I recommend the episode where Process Street CEO Vinay Patankar sat down with Zapier CEO Wade Foster to talk about how they've scaled employee onboarding in a $5 billion remote-first organization, and the conversation with Ben Eubanks discussing how to leverage AI and automation to improve the new employee experience will blow your mind. You can find the Employee Onboarding Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Go ahead and check it out, and don't forget, if you're interested in supercharging your employee onboarding or other HR processes, go ahead and give Process Street a try. You can sign up for a free account at www.process.st or check out their YouTube channel for a bunch of webinars and demos. This episode is brought to you by Namely. Running HR for a mid-sized business means you need software that can keep up with all that you do so you can focus on strategy, culture, and keeping your employees happy. You need Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that makes life easier for your employees, your boss, and you. Namely's HR platform covers your essential HR and compliance needs in one place. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely's all-in-one integrated platform is designed to be used by everyone every day. With a mobile app and elegant UI, Namely lets employees request PTO, appreciate peers, review their pay stubs, and even answer their own HR questions. Namely offers it all. From onboarding and payroll to time tracking benefits, employee engagement, and so much more. You'll finally have the time and data you need to drive the initiatives your company really cares about. I want you to simplify your HR processes with Namely, so I've arranged a special offer just for my listeners. Right now, get a free month of unlimited access to Namely's all-in-one HR platform, but only when you go to namely.com slash human HR. Remember, for a free month, go to namely.com slash human HR. Here we go another story. I'm two months into my HR career. I work for a big company and do a lot of recruitment. This one person was very needy and needed a lot of attention. I finally got them a pre-employment screening. When they showed up and got out of the taxi, they looked flustered and unwell. <gasps> oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I'm reading ahead. Oh God. Brace yourself. I asked, are you okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> to my shock, they said, no, I have soiled myself. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Confused, I said, soiled like poo? <laughs> you know it, they pooped their pants and showed up to the pre-employment screening. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. I told the nurse what happened and then we copped the smell we both started to gag and it was very hard to stay professional 
I'm so sorry. I shouldn't laugh. Now I'm starting to feel bad. So glad we were fair. Um, so glad we were wearing face masks. Me too. Me too. They tried to say it was their breakfast. So I asked them to go home, shower and rest as he must be unwell. And that I would be in touch to rebook. Oh God. When I told my boss, he couldn't believe it. He said, not once in my entire career has this happened. And you've all, you've had all the works in less than three months, right? Cause you're brand new. Welcome. Welcome to HR. People shit their pants and keep on moving. Oh my God. I did feel, she, this person wrote, ha ha, I did feel for this person, but safe to say he didn't get a job after not showing up to his next pre-employment. Now you see that this person didn't say they didn't get a job because they shit themselves and we didn't give them the job. They said he didn't show up to the next pre-employment screening, therefore he did not get the job. Now you see that, that was an equal opportunity shitting experience. Now I know I'm joking about this. I am poking fun at this situation which I have to do because this person shit themselves and still go, went to the pre-employment screening. Why did you go? If I could tell that person, just keep driving, tell the, oh my God, the taxi. Just think about that, that driver. Just think about that driver. Oh my God, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? The cleanup. Ah, I can't, I can't. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me reel it in. First of all, if you shit yourself, do not show up. That is the one time a no call, no show is allowed. You shit yourself, you go home. Okay. Second thing I feel for this person. I know I laughed. If you're, if you happen to be the person that shit some shit themselves and showed up for the pre-employment screening, please accept my sincerest apologies that I was laughing at this story. I don't intend to laugh at you, but this is you know, I think the hu if we don't laugh, we cry. So this is, um, this is sad. This is sad because I think this person medically maybe, maybe had something going on. This person maybe needed the job so badly that they were willing to risk it all. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know that there is any reason why you should show up for something after you've shit yourself. This has never happened to me. However, if it ever did, and I was in a cab and I shit myself, I would get out immediately, ask how much I needed to pay to clean up everything, literally phone a friend if I could, or take me right to the hospital. Then you're getting a doctor's note. <laughs> for the pre-employment screening so they don't think you're just like flaking out on them or take me to a mall, take me to a store. I'm going to buy everything I need to buy. I'm going to go to a gym and I'm going to use the gym shower. I'm spending a lot of money. If I can't get home, but I still want that job, you got to take a shower. You got to buy new clothes. You got to go to the hospital. I know you got to do a bunch of things or you just go home. You call them. You say you got sick on the way and you reschedule. That's sad. Can you imagine? Imagine if you were the shitter in the cab. Would you still go to the pre-employment screening? I think not. I think not. But I can respect that you and your boss, you know, still, still gave this person an opportunity to come in for another screening. Now, I get that that person was too embarrassed to come back. I almost think 
come back. You've created a legacy. Come back. You'd probably get the job because uh, they would feel too bad not giving you the job. You see, it's all about how you spin it, but I, I don't think I would go back. Um, but I mean, you could. Anyway, um, welcome to HR. This is how it goes. People shit, they throw up, they have relationships in fitting rooms when you walk in. That happened to me. I saw that when I worked at the big red store, aka Target. Um, I got a report that two people were uh, fornicating in the fitting room. And they were. And I had to break it up. I could write a book about all the stories that I have. That was that was probably that was scary. I was that don't don't ever have to do that. Next story. This is from my neighbor and friend Lisa. Another anonymous. If she wants it to be. In a leadership team meeting, the CEO stated, "Don't speak until you're spoken to," and then followed it up with, "I've known this person for 20 years. If I wanted your opinion, I'd ask. That CEO either, again, needs to be fired or quit um, or really just needs a dose of uh, tough love, mostly just tough uh, communication because that is not okay. Can you imagine? That's just like not nice. Like there's nothing illegal about that. That's not bullying. Let's set the record straight. That's not bullying. That's not harassment. That's not intimidation. It might make you feel that way, but it's not. It's not. It's just mean and inappropriate and rude. And the best way to handle something like that is not in a public forum, if you can help it, even though I know in the moment you're going to be like, excuse me, what? You could say, let's talk about this later. If you want to address something in, in public and like make it aware, make everyone aware that you are not okay with this. Um, but otherwise, you should pull that person to the side and say, hey, I'm really not okay with the way that you spoke to me, especially in front of people. Don't do that again. Don't beat around the bush. Don't sprinkle sugar on top of it. You just say it matter-of-factly. They had no problem being matter-of-fact with you. You have no problem being matter-of-fact to them. This uh, continues on in saying, in a leadership team meeting, the VP stated, wipe that brown stuff, oh my God, off of your nose in response to proper preparation for a leadership meeting. Oh my God. Okay, for anyone that's not getting this, that basically, that VP is calling that person a brown noser. And in parentheses, it says that the person prepared with handouts and like that's what made them a brown noser. So the a brown noser is like a suck up, like someone that's kissing ass, basically. You get it? Brown nose. There's a lot of stuff in here about poop. And I don't know that I was prepared, okay? I didn't, I didn't read all of these. I was not prepared for this. Um, yeah, so again, not necessarily bullying, harassment, or intimidation. It's rude and mean. I could actually see this being a little bit like humiliating, which sometimes can work its way into the bullying sphere, I would go ahead and say probably not, but um, it's really just not okay. And I can already see what happened. This VP is like, <laughs> I just made such a funny joke. And like this VP is laughing and hoping other people laugh. But instead, that person who just spent time preparing, doing the right thing to make sure the meeting is productive, now feels like an ass because you made fun of them. So you know what? Go pound salt, VP. 
you know, I'm going to walk away from this recording feeling angry, but I'm telling myself we're changing the lives of HR folks here and leaders every time we have a podcast episode that teaches something new or talks about something else. So I'll leave it at that. There are a couple more examples in this story. In private, the CEO approached me and said in a threatening manner, you shouldn't stay at work late. It gives the wrong impression. You know what? This CEO basically said, you're staying late to sleep around. Like, let's just call it as it is, right? This CEO, as is said here, in a threatening manner, that is quite presumptive. And that, that is, is crossing a different kind of line, right? Because we're not calling someone a suck up. We're not calling, uh, you know, we're not saying we don't care about your opinion. And there's a different charge there and could be reported as bullying or harassment or intimidation, especially given the tone that that is written here as, as stated was a threatening manner. It's just not okay. What gives people the right? What gives people the right? And you know, there are so many instances where things like this do happen. And there are so many instances where this is a, an abuse of power situation. So it's just, it's icky. It's icky. Don't do it. Don't do it. Three thumbs down for that CEO. I don't even know what I would say in that moment. Maybe, excuse me? Because sometimes when you just say nothing and you let someone repeat their idiocy, they're like, I don't know, they think twice about it sometimes? I don't know. I, I can't. All I can say is I can't. All right, continuing on. Jamie Palshaw, or I should say at Jamie Palshaw, I'll have to message you, um, submitted uh, a story here. I was an HR coordinator for a manufacturing company. One morning, I got a call from someone asking to speak with an associate, and they said it was urgent. A couple of hours later, oh my God, I'm reading ahead again. Okay, let me, let me focus. A couple of hours later, I have the National Guard with guns at my door looking for this associate. OMG. The associate apparently had walked out of the building after the call he received. When I asked what he had done, they said he was wanted for murder in Puerto Rico. The rest of the day was spent pulling employees in for questioning. Oh, my Lanta. That is wild. That is wild. That is wild. Oh, jeez. I mean, glad they, glad they caught him, right? Glad they caught him. Uh, assuming they caught him. National Guard. Wow. That must, first of all, that must have been very scary for you, Jamie. Jimmy Palshaw. Um, super scary. Also, you know, these are some of the things that when my grandma asks what I do, these are some of the things that happen that I just can't explain. Now, I have not ever had something like this happen, but you, I already told you the story before. And I'm not telling my grandma that. I'm not doing it. You can't get me to tell her that story. Uh, Here's the thing. Did this employee ever, this is the and then what, did this employee ever show signs of like anger, aggression, um, not being stable? Were you surprised 
by this. Now, of course, there is an innocent until proven guilty. But if you're wanted for murder and the National Guard comes to get you, I don't know. I'm not a legal expert in that way, but it's not looking good. Um, wow. That's, I wonder what state are you in? How far did he get? He committed murder, allegedly, in Puerto Rico. Where did he end up? How did he get there? Who helped him out? Did he help himself? Did he, was he prosecuted? Do we know the story? Can we look it up? Um, I, I would love more information on this. Uh, and, you know, the other thing is pulling employees in for questioning. Was the questioning to understand, like, if he shared anything? Like, was this questioning that the National Guard said we need to speak with the team and understand, like, what else has happened? Or was this, like, pulling the team to let them know what was going on and to like kind of not do damage control, but like kind of mitigate any concern that like, Hey, this person is not here anymore and we just want to let you know what's going on and we can't really talk about it, but we want to just make sure you know of the resources that we have, like that kind of conversation. Or is it like, what do you know? What did he tell you? Did he tell you anything? Do you know anything about his past? I don't know. That's interesting. If this happened to me, I think it would kind of all just feel like a blur. Like in the moment, I think that's like a, you're just running on fumes and adrenaline. And then you're like, what the heck is going on here? And then you go home for the day and you're like, what is my life? I am a coordinator, an HR coordinator. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> um, also, I'm curious, do you do background checks? And background checks, like your record stays for seven years. Whatever is on your background check, you'll be like, let's say someone is arrested or serves, you know, has some sort of record. It stays for seven years in a background check. So did he have any priors? Now, this is like, you know, I, I love watching like the ID channel and Untold Mysteries and all of that. This, unless it's maybe not so untold, but I would really like to know more information just because I want to know the hot goss, the hot gossip. Very interesting stuff here. Spooky. Okay, next one. Only a few more um, because, you know, we're we're running on borrowed time here. Okay, anonymous. Where do I begin? Never a good way to start. Where do I begin? I once had a boss who would be incredibly rude and stingy about her employees taking vacation. Ugh, those are the worst. Probably because she would never take the time herself. Now, I could have told you that. That is, you know what? Bye. She would eventually let you take the vacation days that you deserved, but not without making you feel incredibly guilty about it both before and after. And this wasn't just for vacations for pleasure. It was for any time off at all. My boyfriend at the time, who I lived with and am now married to, Mazel Tov, love to see it, had two grandparents pass away. Oh, I'm sorry. Within two weeks of each other, and I went to both funerals with him having to travel to do so. Oh, I'm sorry. That's really terrible. This was before work from home was a thing, So I, but I brought my laptop and was on call most of the time, except when I was at the services, and I got all of my work done. One minor thing went wrong at work, and when I got back, she told me she shouldn't have let me go to the funerals. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. You know the TikTok sound? Straight to jail. Just like I thought. Trash. Those sounds are running through my head. That is not okay. You know what? I feel badly for people like this. I really do. I feel badly for people like this. For the the first story, the director of HR and the owner of that company, I feel bad for people like this because they have zero consideration for people, zero empathy, 
zero self-awareness, and I could not imagine living life and going through life like that. So many things are to be misunderstood when you don't have compassion, consideration, and self-awareness. That is not okay. First of all, you don't want to go on vacation. You do you, boo. You don't have to, but don't stop me. You know what? This person is wound up so tight. This person is very, probably very unhappy in their life. I feel for them. And pity is the best thing to feel in a situation like this because anger will get you nowhere. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, all we can do is be true to ourselves and help people become better versions of themselves. And I hope that this person finds more happiness in their life and a reason to go on vacation. And you know what? If you and your colleagues are being made to feel guilty by taking PTO, don't. Just take more of it. That's what I would do. Take more PTO. Or say, you should go on vacation because when you don't, it sends a message that we shouldn't. And guess what? This is a benefit and I'm going to go on vacation. I will be taking PTO. Um, But I think you should too because you wound up really tight and also calm the hell down. Okay? People, man. People. You know, here's the thing about people. We know this. We talk about it on the podcast all the time. The human condition does not absolve itself just because we're in HR or just because we're people managers. We are still human beings. And so we have our needs, but also humans are flawed. And a lot of these people are flawed. Actually, so far, all of them. Um, so yeah, really sorry about that, Anonymous. That's not cool. But glad you're married. Um, glad you went to the funerals. Glad you continue to take time off. It sounds like you are. Don't let people tell you not to. That's crazy. Um, okay, this is someone, Anonymous, trying to figure out the PPP loan process without an advanced mathematics and political science degree. You know what? I can appreciate that. I can appreciate it because not only are we tasked with going way above and beyond what we know how to do or are skilled to do, but also I feel that. I know people going through, you know, this this process now. And it's I mean, it's really for small businesses. So if you're not in a small business, you probably can't relate, but I feel for you. I feel for you. I'm there for you. You know, thoughts and prayers. I'm there for you. That's scary. I don't think I would want to be in that process either. Honestly, I'd probably outsource that if you can outsource that process. Okay, our final story, and maybe I'll share my own HR nightmare story, a different one that I've, because I've definitely shared other, I one, I shared the HR nightmare story from earlier with the fornication in the fitting room. Um, and the the I have another story that I can share, which I'll share at the end. So this last story that was submitted that I'm going to um, share is from Anonymous. Girl got drunk at work and left, but the cash wrap in front of customers reeked of alcohol and I was left to sell wondering if people thought I was the one drinking. Oh no. Oh no. First of all, girl, get drunk after work. Like, why do you have to bring it to work? It just makes things so complicated. But yeah, that's, I feel for you. I feel for you because when you sell, that relationship is everything. If you are in like a luxury environment, if someone thinks that you're drunk at work, they are, might not shop with you again. So hopefully they didn't think it was you. Honestly, I think if it smells on the clothes, it's different or like around the person. It's different than if it like smells from their breath. So assuming that they didn't smell it on your breath, you're probably good. So this story made me think of 
my own, uh, another HR story that I have. When I was early into my HR career, there was a situation where an employee was acting just not like they normally did. And some, uh, one of the, the managers was like, Tracy, you know, I think this person is drunk. Like, I don't know. They're on something. It's weird. Something's going on. And, um, I was like, okay, the process, like the, the protocol was that you had to have like two witnesses, um, the manager and then like another person. So the manager was the first witness and then I would have been the second. So basically I had to go and observe this person. I kid you not. I walk into the break room. The person is head down on the table with her arms like stretched out like this, like just, you know, arm down. If you're not watching, then I'm basically just putting my arms at like a 90 degree angle with like my hands at my forehead. And I was like, hey, so-and-so, are you okay? She lifts her head up, looks at me, smiles and says no. And when she says no, it was like, if you imagine that episode of SpongeBob where, um, was it SpongeBob or Patrick who had really bad breath? I think it was Patrick had really bad breath and you see the green waves like through the, through the air. That was what happened, but it's, it reeked of alcohol, alcohol, her breath, like beyond anything I had ever known. Okay reeked and so it smelled so bad and I was like are you okay it you know it certainly seems that there's like an issue here what's going on and she was like you know I've been drinking I've been drinking and I'm drunk and I was like why are you drunk at work do you realize you can't be drunk at work and she's like I'm drunk and literally in her lunchbox was uh, like a, I don't know if they're what they're called, but the, like the little bottles of vodka, three of them. And I was like, what? So then we had to send her for drug testing because at the time that was what we did. And it was, it was just not good. It was bad. I had never smelled a smell like that. That was a smell. And I have some other stories. There have been people who have brought drugs to work. I, I have seen that, but I think Really, the top story for HR nightmare in terms of dealing with an HR nightmare was the fornication, the fitting room. Uh, that I will certainly never. Oh my God, I just thought of another one. But that I'll never forget. There was once uh, in Target, someone just left a, a dirty, poopy diaper in the electronics section on the ground. And guess what? When you are a manager at Target, you have to clean that shit up, literally. So, yeah, I had to do that. Don't ever say I'm not hands-on. I had to do that and I was wearing gloves and it was obviously like you have to protect yourself and it was a whole thing. It was disgusting. You took the time to change your child's diaper. Take the time to throw the diaper out. And with that, I'm going to leave you because that is a scary story enough. Um, obviously, this episode is explicit because there was a lot of shit to talk about, if you know what I mean. Thank you all for your submissions. This was highly engaging. I feel a little annoyed, actually a lot annoyed about some of those stories that are truly HR nightmares. And also I feel like I can have a good laugh about some of the ones that are just so ridiculous, including mine. 
Thank you for being here. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this episode and if you like the podcast in general, make sure you give it five stars. And um, if any of you submitted and I asked some follow-up questions, please let me know the answer. I will keep you anonymous, of course. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram as well, HR Tracy. Thank you so much. See you next week.